Good afternoon, everybody. This is Coach V. And I'm Coach David. This is the Kaizen Karate Podcast. We are recording live here. We are at the bitter end of May 2021. Coach David, how are you? I'm well. It's a bitter end. Is a, boy, isn't that a statement? Right now, I know it's uh, cool and we're supposed to get some thunderstorms, but man, we've had some hot weather. It's like the, the heat of summer is already here. Yeah, you know, we're... Uh... You know, just kind of giving everyone an update. We're in the Washington, D.C. area, in case you're listening from outside. You know, we have tons of people listening from other countries. And, uh, you know, if you're one of our, you know, part of our Kaizen Nation here and you're listening and you're not from Maryland or not from D.C. or not from the U.S., hey, welcome. And, uh, you know, hit us up online. Follow us on all the social media platforms. Check the show notes for direct links. Uh, We'd love to connect with you. Uh, Coach, you know, in our area where we are, it's been super hot this week. We're at the tail end of a pandemic. We have cicadas flying all over the place and <laughs> landing on us. I mean, it's it's just sheer madness, right? I mean, it's just sheer madness. I mean, how it would is, you? Uh, I mean, it is like we say we we are having a pandemic once every I don't know how often they happen, but rare, rare, rare. We got cicadas; they don't happen very often. At the same time, it's uh, it is something. I got to tell you, it is a. It may, I'm hoping it's like a harbinger of the end of everything, and that goodness starts with the summer. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm think we're all really hoping for a for a better, you know, next back half of the year, right? You know, for the for the next six months, seven months to be just better than the first part of the year. Um, it's kind of hard to believe that time's flying by so quickly. And you know, one thing, and I'm curious to get your thoughts on this is in normal years we're able to measure success by you know these in person events or you know graduation ceremonies, uh, belt exams or whatnot, right? But you look at this year, it's still so different. There's still so, virtual is still a very real thing, right? It is. Uh, I mean, it's been over a year. So I think we're in to some degree kind of used to it. But in other ways, it just still seems surreal to me. Like uh, my son's graduating um, in two weeks and uh, his ceremony luckily is going to be outdoors in person, but limited to only two people per family that can come. So that's, uh, you know, it's just, it's a surreal sort of thing because um, pre-pandemic, right? You'd, you'd have big celebrations and parties and lots of people, but this is just the reality of uh, where we are in 2021. Here's hoping we uh, have some, some better days ahead, you know, and I think we do. I think we do. I think, you know, better day, it looks like, you know, as of right now, based on the current, you know, uh, guidance that we have and everything looks like things are opening up and you know, if you're listening to this episode and it's not May of 2021 and maybe it's later in the year, or maybe 2022 when you're listening to this as a recording from back then, you know, the current vibe right now is uh, there's a lot of optimism. Uh, there's still quite a bit of caution, you know, from some folks, which is important because, you know, I heard this on a, I think it was like a, one of these news podcasts. They were saying, uh, you know, as much as things are going well in the U.S., COVID is still a very real thing and a threat in many other parts of the world. Uh, and that's, that's, that's real. Right. Oh, for so sure. Long. I mean, Japan in particular, uh, we got the Olympics coming up. I know that's going to, we're going to touch on our main topic today is related in some, in a little bit. And um, they're uh, in a lockdown until like, I think like a month before. And it's, it's, some people are calling for them to cancel and it's, it's, uh, it's a still a big, big deal. Yeah. I mean, I, uh, I, I'm sending my positive energy to them and just, I'm, you know, hoping and praying for good things, good, positive things to come. So. Me too. Um, before we get going on our main topic, Coach, I got something really positive to, to say to some of our listeners out there, because sure. as you and I both know, we are huge Karate Kid fans. We've talked about it on multiple episodes. 
we've had uh, one of our favorite guests, Mr. Kim, come on to talk about it. And I got two words to say to you. Terry Silver. Yeah. <laughs> well, first of all, you know, if you're a Cobra Kai fan, season four is going to be coming out at, in, in, at some point soon, right? I don't know if they've announced the date. Coach David, I got to tell you, I mean, I think I've been binge watched season three. I'm going to binge watch 10x, you know, <laughs> season four. This is just going to be amazing. So I think the new the new trailer is, you know, what is it? Uh, the pain is just beginning or something. Yeah. Like, oh, man, this is going to be good. I heard, you know, some of the chatter online is that he's going to be here for two seasons now. So, you know, oh my goodness. if you're a Karate Kid fan, you know, you would only see these guys in one movie and that was it. Now you're actually, get, actually getting to see them in multiple scenarios and how their character is acting and interacting, right, with different people. So it's, it's going to be amazing. Just when I thought it was over, they're tying the whole thing together. It's, you can just see where this thing is headed. You know, it's just, just going to be great. So excited. It's going to be great. I mean, I'm mouth-watering for this. Like, uh, I just, I can't even tell you how exciting it's going to be. That, that first episode, season four, Oh my God, we're going to have a return to watch party for oh, yes. sure. Oh yes. Yeah. And guys, if you're a Cobra Kai fan, don't worry. Uh, we'll, we'll have plenty more episodes of uh, about season oh, yeah. four down the road. So, so guys, we're going to jump right into things. You know, today's episode is all about fitness. Okay. So, you know, we've been on a, you know, lockdowns for the past 12, 14, 13, you know, 15 months. I don't know. It's been, it's been a long time. And, you know, we're going to talk about the health benefits of training outdoors uh, we're going to talk about running, uh, you know, and getting outdoors and exercising, specifically going from like a couch to a 5K kind of a program. Uh, if you want to run your first marathon, we're going to touch on that. And Coach David's even going to talk to us a little bit about triathlon. So I think the theme here for today is if you're listening to this podcast, it means that, you know, in my eyes, Coach David, that you're, you're interested in fitness, you are you're wanting to, to better yourself and improve yourself. You know, hopefully we're going to excite some people into cross training, not just doing martial arts training, but supplementing your martial arts with cross training. There's many different things you can do for exercise, but to me, one of the things, and this is kind of touching on the first article, there's seven benefits uh, of outdoor exercise. Coach David, the one that I just want to kick us off with is it's free. Free is affordable. I say this all the time. And, you know, I absolutely love going for a walk outside, running outside, and you can kind of do it wherever you go. No matter where I go, where I travel, vacations, whatever, I always know one thing. I may or may not find a gym to go to. I may or may not find a bicycle to rent. I may or may not have a pool that I can go swim in. But I know for sure if I take a pair of running shoes, I'm going to have a good run or a good walk. What are, what are, your, what are your thoughts on that? Absolutely. I can't tell you how many different places I've been to for travel, for work, whatever, and just, I brought my running shoes and I'm good for my workout. Doesn't matter where I am, what's going on. I can get up early. I can go for a walk or a run. And uh, you're right. Free is affordable. We love saying that, but it's true. A lot of other things cost money. People don't have. Um, these are tough times, but free is good. Free is absolutely. It, it, couldn't agree more, right? Coach David, I've got a question for you. You know, you and I talk about vitamin D3 a lot, and I'm looking here, you know, at our article that we're reading from, uh, the seven, seven health benefits of outdoor exercise. And guys, don't worry, we'll link this up in the show notes. So just check your show notes, scroll down. Uh, you'll get the direct links to these, and you can study these and take notes on this on your own. Coach David, one of them is talking about training outdoors and exercising outdoors as a natural antidepressant. Could you talk about that a little bit? Because you, you say it so well. I know you've, you've taught me a lot about it. 
Um, could you could you tell us more? Yeah, I think uh, people don't realize that you know hundreds and hundreds and thousands and tens of thousands of years ago, man was outside way more than he was inside. He got natural sun, and when you get natural sun, you get vitamin D three. It is such a key component to our health and our well-being, both mental and physical. And being stuck indoors as we've been for the last year and a half. And um, before that, there's like this whole big thing with making sure you got a lot of sunscreen on. Well, that's a problem because you're not getting the benefits of being outdoors in with regard to vitamin D. So I'm a big vitamin D supplement fan. Um, I think it is a very big deal. But if you are smart about when you go outdoors and are making sure like, you know, you cover your skin parts that need it, like the top of your head, if you're follically challenged like myself, um, you know, you can be smart about it and make sure you're getting vitamin D, which is a huge, huge health benefit. I highly recommend researching, looking more into it. If you think you might suffer from any kind of seasonal depression or um, any kind of mood swings related to some, you know, the summer or not being outside in the winter. You know, I, I want to say this is just a disclaimer. If you're listening to this for the first time, you're like, oh, these guys know a ton about this. You know, we're just two guys on a podcast talking. You know, we're not <laughs> medical doctors. We're not, uh, you know, physicians. We're not nutritionists. We're not, that's not us. So we definitely recommend if you're looking for professional medical advice, go check with your healthcare provider. Now, with that being said, from your experience, Coach David, can you talk to us about some of the numbers that, you know, I remember when I specifically asked you about D3, you were like, no, you can take much more than that, right? So again, guys, go get go check with your healthcare provider and your your physician. But Coach David, for you, what do you do? Yes, there's there's a lot of um, bodies of evidence. There's a lot of studies out there. I you I mean you're 100 right. You need to research this for you. Don't take my word on it. But I can tell you that most of the studies that I've seen and I've researched because I've done a lot of time and effort into this suggest that um, you really want to take enough to get your threshold level way above what it is just being. I personally take between four and 6,000 IU of vitamin D a day. Um, you can buy them real easy. You go to vitamin shop or Amazon, any place, Safeway Giant, they all carry vitamin D. It's like, you know, super cheap. They come in these little round gel pills in different quantities. You can take one pill that's a 5,000 quantity, one little teeny circle. Um, I take them in 2,000 IU pills so I can spread it out through the day. Um, the other thing to note is, just is just some from my personal experience having done this, you don't really want to take it at night. You don't want your body going, ah, oh, it's like, you know, I'm in the middle of the day getting sun at, at, right when you want to go to bed. Take it early in the morning or, you know, with lunch. Don't wait until the end of the day. But to me, it's made a huge difference. I believe it's one of the reasons I hardly ever get sick. Mm, I love that. And, you know, one of the things I heard, which I just want to kind of, you know, uh, just kind of repeat again for the for everyone listening in Kaizen Nation here is uh, you got to do your own research, right? You got to look things up on your own. Uh, again, we're not giving medical advice here, but definitely check with your own healthcare professional and and see what they say for your personal situation, right? Um, Coach David, one more thing that I want to share from this particular article. This is the seven health benefits of outdoor exercise. Um, it's a team building experience. You know, we're going to talk in a little bit about outdoor running and races and triathlons and all these kind of things. Some of the best times I've ever had outdoors is when I'm with friends, you know, friends or family. I know our family, you know, we, we have 
two young boys, we go on walks all the time. It's a great activity to spend time together and to move and exercise. You also know that everyone, including the dog, is getting exercise, right? Uh, when I'm running or training for a race or something like that, you know, you got camaraderie. It's friendship. It's, it's team building. It's the whole experience. It's not the race that's important. Yes, the race is important, but it's the process leading up to it. And Coach David, I got to tell you, I mean, like so many of us nowadays in this pandemic, I mean, we're indoors so much more than normal. I mean, I, I honestly, if I could have my way, and if anyone's listening to this and they would love to, to talk or meet with me or things like that, don't call me, don't email me. Let's go on a walk together. You know, if we're going to have a walking meeting, we're going to go for a jog together. We can, we got all the time in the world to talk. Too much time, I think, right, coach? We spend sitting down on a phone, uh, you know, staring at a screen. I mean, imagine how much healthier we would all be if we had walking meetings, you know, mm-hmm. or, or meetings outdoors in the fresh air. What, what are your thoughts on that? I love that thought. I, I wish we lived in a society where that was higher, uh, highly regarded. Um, I personally think it's just fantastic what you do, uh, spending time with your family, being outdoors, you know, having everyone involved. It's just, uh, it's music to my ears. Uh, one thing I love is just right before lunch, going for a quick walk outside. It kind of gets my brain to relax from the morning stresses, uh, get a little fresh air. It just, it sets my, my whole body to relax, to get ready for the afternoon. And I'll tell you another thing that, that, that uh, I think is beautiful about, about what we're talking about running. We said it's free. Mm-hmm. Here's another thing. Coach V just said it can be team building, and it can be. But you can go run with friends. You can run with a group. You do like a team and training kind of thing. Um, and we'll talk about marathons in a little bit. But it can also be a solitude thing. If you're in the mood to just relax, go unwind, put some headphones in, right? Everyone has earbuds and, and pods. You can be just outdoors looking at the, the trees and the sky and have music playing. So you can do whatever you want. You can have one day be a team thing, one day be a solitude thing. I love that you can do whatever you're in the mood for and it's free. You know, Coach David, I just call it a moving meditation. You know, you're literally almost like meditating as you're moving, right? I mean, so I think that's just, that's just great. Uh, guys, we're going to go ahead and switch articles here. You know, Coach David, let's move on. You know, we have another a second out of four articles. These are just, you know, all hitting the theme of today. Uh, this comes from the PhD runner. And the article is, you know, tips for completing a couch to 5K program. And I'll tell you one of the things that really spoke to me from this article, Coach David, was, you know, it's, it's designed to cater to beginners. Um, it's designed to help people to go from essentially being pretty inactive, almost sedentary, being in front of a computer or TV all the time to, to getting up. And one of the things that really spoke to me here was not comparing yourself. You know, comparison is a thief of joy. I know, for instance, when I first started, uh, you know, in terms of running and things like that, uh, I want to say I really got into running the summer between, I think it was between sixth and seventh grade. Um, sixth or seventh, seventh, excuse me, I apologize. I was running back then. It was at Coach David, it was actually, I think it was between eighth and ninth grade. Cause I remember it was like, I was playing sports then. And it was actually mentioned, I think in another podcast. And Coach David, I think the big thing is we're all running different paces. We all have different goals. You know, one of the things I used to do, I used to run down on Sligo Creek uh, path. You know where I'm talking about. It's mm-hmm. nearby to both of us. And I remember I would be maybe at the end of my run, you know, I'd run three, four or five miles, whatever it was. And then here comes someone along, trucking along real fast. And I get upset by that. I mean, no, I got to keep up. I can't let them pass me. And then it suddenly hit me. I was like, hold on. I'm at the end of four or five miles. Maybe they were just running a sprint for a hundred yards. You don't know. Cause when you see someone running outdoors, there's no little meter on the side of their body that says how far they've been running. 
Because I can remember times I was doing marathon training. I was, you know, deep into mile 18, 19, 20. And I was like hobbling along. Someone watching me could just think, oh, there's that guy. He can't run. <laughs> any, any, uh, any comments about that? Uh, yes. And it's so well said. I, I see that all the time. Sometimes I'll be on the track and uh, I'll see someone, you know, doing super fast um, repeats and, you know, you don't know, was it the first repeat? Was it the 18th repeat? I, I have no idea. They could see me and look at me and say, boy, that guy is so slow. They don't know if that's my first mile or my 10th mile. So you have to just kind of forget about that. You got to really just get the blinders on and say, I'm doing my thing. We talk to students all the time. They have these great watches, right? They look at their pace and their, and it gives you your, your uh, minutes per mile. And it's like, only compare yourself to you. Like, I hope you're not looking at your watch and going 11 minute mile, but you know, this article says I should be running nine minute miles. It, it doesn't matter. It's only what matters to you. That's you're only competing with yourself. Yeah. I mean, I'll tell you the other thing that I'm thinking about is if someone's listening to this and you know, you're thinking about getting into running, you hear us talking about running all the time and you just never have done it. Here's the number one thing you can do. I mean, at least for me, you know, I call it the 29 and over club. You know, that means if you're 29 years <laughs> or older, you're in the 29 and over club, right? Here's my advice to you. Do proper warm-up. I mean, one thing that I found, Coach David, is that, you know, you can still work out at a very high level. Uh, you can train at a high level. But, you know, as we age, I think the amount of time you need to put into the preparation, into the warm-up, uh, into the maintenance outside of the workouts, right? The diet, the exercise, the sleep, all of that is almost more important than the actual workout itself. I mean, I'll give you a couple of examples. Um, and I can remember, you know, half marathons or marathons that I was running. Um, you know, the first one, I think I was in the most pain, you know, cause I was, I wasn't listening to all the advice that we're giving here. I didn't listen to the advice that you shared with me. You know, we had a lot, a lot of other folks in our classes who are big marathoners who shared with me. And the one thing I learned is that it's, it's the maintenance, right? In between, it's the warming up, it's the foam rolling, it's all of these different things. So, you know, if you're listening to this, uh, it means that you're serious, right? I would encourage you to definitely scroll down and click on the links and read through and study and then start to implement this and then go back and listen to one of our habits podcasts back. I think, you know, the, you know, the turn of the year, we talked about habit trackers and things like this, start to track these habits. So you're not just reading it and forgetting it, but then you actually make a habit of doing it on a regular basis. Uh, this is so good. I, I'm, I think what you said there is the, you know, focusing on warming up cooling down, taking care of your body. That's something that someone who's starting out, who's never really done a 5k or any kind of routine like this doesn't realize, um, especially in the 29 and older crowd, which, you know, we both are. Um, to me, I tell people, here's three pieces of equipment. If you can afford them, you want to get, get a good ice pack, get a good heating pad, get a good foam roller. You get those three things and that's going to help see you through a lot of the common and I don't say injuries because we're not talking, you know, I, I have a, um, you know, a severe hamstring pull, but I'm talking about, you know, I wake up and I'm a little sore. I'm tight. This little thing bothers me. I, I just, you know, it's from, from wear and tear, those three modalities and a good bottle of Advil, they're going to get you very far. That's awesome. I mean, so let's say you're a karate student, you know, and you're into martial arts, which is why you're listening to these podcasts. And you know, you're listening to this particular episode, maybe because you're curious about like, hey, what is running all about? I want to get into running. Here's my advice for everyone. Before we shift gears and talk about marathons and some, you know, some quick tips we're going to give you for marathon training. I think the number one thing you can do for longevity, because longevity is something that Coach Dave and I both love talking about, is you got to cross train. 
I think if you're focused so hardcore on one activity or one exercise, I think it's actually going to lead you to injury. I think what you rather do is be a, be a, almost like a jack of all trades, have two or three different activities that you can do, maybe four even, right, for exercise. And I think you're going to redu reduce your chances of a long-term injury, right? So as we shift gears here, uh, we're going to talk about, now this comes from the Marine Corps Marathons page, you know, and they, they, they run one of the best marathons literally in the world, right? And uh, this year, 2021, I actually heard that it's going back to in-person. Registration actually is open, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. <laughs> and, uh, you know, so the question is, uh, and the article, I should start by saying, is 20 tips for first-time uh, marathon runners. And, you know, I got to tell you, Coach David, you know, for me, every time I've run a marathon, I've run multiple now, um, you almost got to decide why is it that you're doing it? You know, like I've had two or three now that I've run that the time was kind of the same. And, you know, if you want to break a threshold from the five hour to the four hour, or if you're super fast, four hour to three hour, is that enough reason for you to get up early or to do, you know, stay up a little later or, you know, get in those extra long runs, especially if you got a family and work and all this stuff, why are you doing it? I think the first one you're like, oh, can I do it? Then after you figure out, can you do it? Then the question is, well, why are you doing it? And if it's, maybe it's because you have friends that you're running with. And if you are excellent, but what if you're doing it for the solo purposes, what's going to keep you going? What's your motivation? How about you? What was some of your motivations? Like what, you know, what is, and you know, specifically coach, if someone's in that place where they're like looking for that next thing to chase, I mean, what is the motivation? Why should we even think about doing this? Yeah, that's a, these are great questions and it's going to be different for everybody. Um, I remember parts of the things that I love about it is the routine, the, um, the, the long-term goal, the challenge, um, being constantly having to work. Like I really like those aspects of it, but you're right. After a while, if you've done a couple of them and you're just sort of like kind of going through the motions, you're right. It's a recipe for injury, uh, getting burnt out and basically stopping like any activity. Um, I know for me, one of the things I really loved about it was feeling like I'm constantly in great shape. Like, I don't know, there's something really uh, almost intoxicating about that feeling of superior health. Like, I mean, you walk around, you feel like, you know, you can go upstairs and if the elevator's closed and you're not even going to break a sweat, you're with someone who's huffing and puffing and you're like, aha, I'm good. You know, I don't know. It's just like a real nice feeling. And marathon training provides that. I don't care what, you know, you could take a five and a half hour, six and a half hour, seven and a half hour, you're going to be having really nice uh, aerobic capacity and it's going to make you feel great. And that's a, that can be a motivation just, um, just in and of itself. So I want to tell you, um, you know, two quick stories, right? You know, one was I, I was training for some marathon. I don't remember which one it was. And I think I'd even signed up for it and, you know, paid this, you know, huge registration fee and all this kind of stuff. And my first son, who's now four, I think he was just born at the time. And I think I had already run a race and, you know, I'd already run a marathon and I knew what it was about. And coach David, I'm not kidding you. I was on this like 10 mile run and I was midway through and I was thinking to myself, what in the world am I doing right now? I'm not at home with my kid. I'm out by myself running, listening to my, you know, Beats headphones. And as I'm running, flipping through songs when I should be at home, you know? And I say this because I'm not trying to persuade people to not run, but I think what happened was my why and my reason of why I was doing it wasn't strong enough. I was just kind of doing it because 
that's what I do. And I didn't have a reason to be out there on the road, pounding away at the pavement and kind of going after it. But it's funny. One of my reasons for running a later race was my son's at home. You know, I have kids and I want them to see their father running. So it's kind of interesting, right? It was like same road, same race, same shoot. No, not same shoes. We get the idea, you know, same, <laughs> same idea. By that point, hopefully you're changing shoes. Um, but the, the bottom line is, is that I think you really need to define your why. I mean, just like someone, me, you know, said, hey, I don't want to run because I want to be at home with my kids. Someone in a parallel situation could say, hey, I have kids, therefore I need to run because I want to stay healthy for them or I want them to see me and see their parent running. Any, uh, any feelings on that? Well, absolutely. That's, I mean, setting the model for your children is a big, great thing. I mean, I, I, I tried to do that and I commend all the other parents, our students, you know, our, our adult class um, practitioners who are setting a great example for their children. It's a, it's a great, great thing. Um, but I think you need to find what it is that's going to make you happy. Like for, for a long time, it made me happy. And then at some point, it was almost like a burden because I'm one of those people who if I schedule it and I commit to it, I'm going to do it. I've never DNF'd in a race. And partly because it's a little bit of luck, like I never got severely injured, although I've had challenges. But partly it's because my brain won't let me want me to do that. So at some point, I'm like, I'm just going through the, the motor of, of training for the sake of it. And I'm not enjoying it. It was at some point it stopped being pleasurable and just was work and stressful in that I felt like I couldn't miss a workout. I couldn't, you know, this thing I want to do is, is available, but I got to fit in my training. And so I think if you are at that point, like if you're really struggling, I'd encourage you to talk to someone, if, whether it be Coach V, whether it's me, we have a lot of students in our class who are expert at this, talk to someone else and talk to them about it, you know, say, Hey, you know, I've run into this where I'm going through this. It's, it's really kind of like happening. And, and I'm thinking about this, you know, have you ever gone through this and you know, what did you do to either overcome it or to move on? And I think sometimes when you hear other people talking about similar things, because a lot of times there are plenty of people who share it with you, it can help you to either reconnect. Why did I do it? Oh yeah. Okay. I'm good. Or you know what? Maybe it's try to try something new. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you anymore on that. I mean, that's awesome. And, you know, I'll, I'll start to close it on the whole marathoning here before we shift gears to triathlons. And, you know, there's one section of this article that talks about using a training plan. I've got to tell you, how good is that? You know, it's if you want to increase your chances of being successful, you got to have a coach, you got to have a training plan. It's like martial arts, right? I mean, you want to increase your chances of getting to black belt, well, show up to class, number one. And number two is like, have an instructor, you know, try to find the highest ranking black belt you can find and, and figure out the plan and get them to give you a plan of how to get there. I think if you have a recipe, if you have a plan, you have a coach and instructor, your chances dramatically go up because there's already that individual has already been successful and they're going to share with you the steps and the proper sequence of those steps uh, to get to where you need to be. It's not just a matter of going out and running. I think that's sometimes like people who are non-runners, I think very often they think, oh, you're just going to go run. No, there's a lot of science and methodology and, and strategy behind how you do this. And, and coach, you know, before we kind of close on this whole marathoning, I remember that was one of the things that I didn't understand my first time around. I just thought everything needs to go up, 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 better, 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 better. 
I didn't understand there was this like this ebb and a flow with an upwards trend that was required. Yeah, and I think that's all the more reason why you want to talk to people, mm. read, go find other people to run with, maybe join a running club. There's a lot of resources out there that, uh, you know, it's like this great body of evidence of, of what best practices are. So you don't have to invent the wheel here. This is not like, well, I don't want to get any help. I'm just going to go run until I, you know, drop. No, get, you know, talk to plenty of people. There's a lot of good knowledge out there to help help you, you know, not have to make it this really hard, long, you know, thing that uh, killed killed the first marathoner going to marathon, right? Isn't that what happened? Right. Ran and then dropped dead. Yeah, yeah, this should <laughs> not be exactly that way. Right. This, you know, with, a, with enough thought, planning, getting the right guidance, hopefully you can have a really good first experience and that's hopefully going to lead you to enjoying it. Yeah, that's exactly right. Hey, Coach David, you know, you, uh, you've done three full triathlons. Is that right? Uh, Ironman, yes. Three, three full Ironmans. I apologize. You know, and, and guys, if you're listening to this, you are in for a treat right now. So I've, not, I've yet to do a, an Ironman. I've yet to do a triathlon, uh, any of the distances. And I got to tell you, Coach David, it's, it's something that I know for a fact, there's so many people who are like, one day, it's my goal. To do, a tri- to do an Ironman, to do a triathlon. And, you know, we have you on this podcast to, to, to ask questions about. So this article that we're looking at here is the first triathlon tips, 10 things you need to know before you try. And that's T-R-I. It's a little play on words there. It's a great article. Um, Coach David, can you give us some of your tips? Um, and before we start, what is a triathlon? Well, so a triathlon uh, in this particular case is a swim followed by a bike followed by a run. Um, they're different distances. They, they usually follow um, set numbers. An Ironman, for example, is a 2.4-mile swim, 112-mile bike, and a 26.2-mile marathon. Um, but there are all sorts of distances starting from, uh, they call them sprints. There's minis, which are way shorter and a lot more um, achievable for someone who wants to just dabble and try it without committing to a huge, long regiment, which an Ironman certainly is. Um, I'll tell you from my point of view that there's, there's a lot of goodness to it. And that's, that's the thing that, that got me into it first, the, um, the ability to train different muscles all the time. We talked about this a little bit early about cross training. If you just run and I know a lot of people who just run and they don't get injured and it's great. They run, 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 but you're using the same muscle groups over and over and over again. And so you're opening yourself to repetitive muscle injuries, tendon issues, because the same thing getting over and over used. Well, in a triathlon, one day you're working your upper body when you're swimming. One day you're working your, your uh, lower body when you're cycling. And then you have different muscles. You know, you're using your, your hamstrings and not your quads when you're more when you're running. So it's a real nice way to balance out your training. And I believe it's another way to reduce the chance of getting injured. Um, that's, that's a, that was a big factor for me for starting. I think that's awesome. And, you know, and I'm going to ask you a couple questions that I think, you know, definitely I'm curious about. I'm sure we have others who are interested in is, well, who can start, I mean, who can start doing a triathlon? I mean, I think obviously the answer is anyone, but like, do you need to have already done like a couch to 5k or a, you know, like a half marathon or a marathon before you even start to think about tackling, you know, a triathlon or an Ironman or like, you know, what is the mindset behind this? How do you even begin? Well, so it's interesting. I, I, anytime someone asks me about it, um, usually the thing they say to me, and I don't really ask them, they just say to me, 
oh, I would love to do a triathlon, but uh, I'm afraid to swim or uh, I don't bike. Usually it's one of the two. Most people don't say, well, I can't run because you can always walk. And most people walk or run. That's just not usually at a stopping point. Um, but no, if, if, if you can swim at all, and I mean, literally, you know, get from one end of the pool to the other with a, like, like you're someone who doesn't say, I don't know how to swim. I will drown if you put me in the pool. Um, and if you can own a bike, and I mean, any kind of bike, I've seen people do triathlons in every kind of bike you can imagine. You can do a triathlon. Uh, as I said, there are these things called these minis. They're really short swims, really short bikes and a really short run. And they're designed to get people who want to test it out just to try it out. Um, so yes, you kind of have to work at it. Like if you can swim from one end of a pool to the other, let's say it's a 25 yard pool, you know, 12 or 25 meter pool, either one standard outdoor pool, you can slowly build up to be able to do a 250 meter swim. That, that one might be like the smallest. It's, it's a short distance, but more than one length of a pool, but you can do it. And if you can bike, let's say you can bike around your block because you haven't biked in a long time, but you physically know how to pedal without falling, you can increase to do like a five mile bike. And certainly you can work up to do a whatever mile, two mile, three mile walk slash run. So yes, there's, there's a lot of science to it, but I'm convinced that most people, if you can do the base three elements to some degree, you're capable of doing this without moving mountains, without investing 20 hours a week, without, you know, having to go buy $10,000 bikes, you can do it. So, you know, I want to start, you know, kind of closing us out here on this episode. And, you know, one of the things I want to do, Coach David, is I want to kind of connect some dots. You know, this is a karate-based podcast. And if you're listening this deep into the podcast in this episode, you're probably thinking, maybe you get it. But if you don't, you know, why in the world are we talking about running and biking and swimming and triathlons? And I just want to say this to everyone is that it's so critically important to cross train. It's so critically important to work out and to be in good shape. I think what's going to happen is that it's going to actually make your karate better. You know, is it possible to be a great athlete and strictly training karate? I think it's possible. I've seen people and I've known, you know, martial artists who karate is their only thing at the same time. I think that you have an edge, if not an advantage against almost everybody, if you're a very good athlete and an overall athlete, not just your cardio, but you know, your overall strength and your flexibility, you know, you want to have good stamina as in, in as you're training. Right. So I, I think the takeaway for me, coach David, is that if I'm not yet a runner, if I'm not yet a biker swimmer, you know, any of those things, I would encourage you to start, you know, whether it be a mini race in a, in the, triathlon field or maybe do a couch to 5k program um we have a lot of youth who train with us in our program so you know if you're a, a youth under 18 who's listening to this check with mom and dad check with your physician make sure you're healthy enough and ready to do this remember guys we're not medical doctors we're just two guys on a podcast talking here um, but you know if you're an adult and you're over 18 years old still check still make sure you're you're, you're healthy enough and safe enough to do so assuming that's the case my takeaway is this, if someone was a brown belt, you know, which is an upper level belt with us, and there's two individuals, one was, you know, biking or swimming or running or some combination or all of it, lifting weights, hopefully too. And the other person was only training in karate, all things being equal. I think the person who was cross training and doing the running 
doing the bike and the swimming, but definitely the running, right. And hopefully doing some resistance training in the gym, you know, I think coach David, that person's going to have the upper hand against the person who's not. I mean, is there any doubt in your mind about that? Assuming all no, of those things are equal. Yeah, no doubt at all. No doubt at all. In fact, um, I think that we've probably could prove that if we went back and did statistics and did some uh, survey material from all of our belts, but I can just tell you from years and years of seeing people um, and talking to them, that is undoubtedly the case. Most people who get to those upper ranks get there because they are active. They're um, working their body out in a lot of different ways. Um, they're, they, you know, and that we haven't even talked about nutrition and sleep and all those things, but they are mindful of their health and mindful of your health involves exercise. And it's not just karate. Um, you can, and it could be done, but I think your higher, your chances of getting to the black belt level are much higher if you're doing other exercise. Yeah. And I'll close out with a story is that, you know, I can remember I was probably about, it was that summer that I keep telling you about between eighth and ninth grade from middle school to high school. That was the summer that I just ran every single day, every single day during the summer, I was very out of shape. I think I grew like four or five inches that summer and coach David, I'm not, I'm not kidding you every day. Like I ran during the summer because, you know, I, I've told you the story before where I almost didn't make the soccer team and, you know, I had got a, through pity, my coach said, Oh, you can be on the team. And I knew exactly what was going on. And I just decided to show him, you know, but I did it for me. I didn't do it for him. And, and I remember when I ran, I mean, there was days that it was raining or lightning, probably not the smartest thing looking back, but um, you know, we didn't have iPods or things like that. I, I actually had a cassette player. Uh, and what I would do is, you know, we didn't have much resources or money back then. So I just recorded songs off the radio and then I would just listen to songs on a cassette that I record from the radio, horrible audio quality as I would run. And I think sometimes I think I even had like one of those, you know, the, it was like an armband thing that you push to a different station. I think I upgraded to that at some point. And, you know, I just remember back, it was just fun. I was doing it because it was fun. I could see myself getting in better shape. I was getting stronger. My karate was getting better. I could compete. You know, I wasn't just, I wasn't winded after one fight. I could do three, four, five, six. I could fight indefinitely. I could fight the whole class. Like the whole hour class, if you let me fight, I'd be fine. And to me, it was this confidence thing. You felt better about you. You felt more confident. You felt good about yourself. And, and I just encourage everybody who's listening, you know, we're, we're hopefully on the tail end of this pandemic. There's so much more out there. We're encouraging you to, to go train outdoors. Do it in the right way. Make sure you're safe about it, right? Check with your doctor. Make sure you're safe to do so. Uh, but Coach David, I mean, that's my, that's my wrap-up thoughts. Do you have any closing thoughts for kaizen nation today uh those are fantastic thoughts and i'm i would just say um be mindful of where you are if you're someone who doesn't do any kind of exercise like that ramp up slowly be smart about it if you're one of our um over 39 and over 49 years of age um either students or fellow black belts or owners whatever you are be mindful of that too we talked about different ages and different stages uh, I'm in my 50s and I can't do what I did in my 20s and my 30s, but I don't try to. I try to do what's going to be best for me. So for those of you out there, you know, who think, well, I don't know what that is, contact us. We'll be happy to talk to you about it. Maybe we can point you in a different direction, um, you know, get you the people who can help you. But I think there's something for everyone out there. And I highly encourage you to um, just be active, like live an active lifestyle because I think you're going to have a, a healthier, happier overall life. Well said. 
Very, 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 very well said. Hey guys, uh, before we get out of here, just want to remind everyone, uh, May 31st, 2021. So that's in a few days here. That's the last day you can order your special edition blue t-shirts. Again, if you're listening all the way to the bitter end of this episode, <laughs> do not forget, do not be devastated, right? You know, sometimes people, they, they write to me, Coach Dave, and they say, I'm devastated I missed the deadline for my shirt. So guys, don't be devastated. Order your t-shirt in time. Uh, we only, it's a limited time thing. We, we're not going to do reprints again. I always, Coach David, I've yet to have a time that we've done a special edition shirt where someone hasn't come up to me and said, Coach V, can't you make one exception for me? I'm so sorry. I didn't think you really meant it. Oh, I mean it. May 31st, <laughs> 11 p.m., the registration automatically cuts off on the computer because we have to get the order in and get it to everyone in time. And Coach David, just so you, you know, feel free to spread the word. Highly likely that it's going to, you know, assuming the mail and shipping and everything, you know, run smooth, fingers crossed. We should have it at the start of summer camp. So this is going to be a very lightning fast turnaround. And, you know, these shirts are fantastic. They're, you know, soft, high quality shirts. And you go to Kaizen Karate, what, the Kaizen Karate website, uh, you can see all the details there. Well, we're super excited, Coach V. Can't wait to get it on the body. Yeah, and it's going to be fantastic. So, hey, guys, uh, I am Coach V. And I'm Coach David. This is the Kaizen Karate Podcast. We're signing out. Until next time, we'll see you then. Take care, everybody.